All right, Pilgrims, welcome back to another episode of this Pilgrims podcast. As always, my name is Ash. Thank you for being a part of this show. Thank you for for tuning in from wherever you are around the world. Uh, I must start by apologizing for the last uh, several weeks of radio silence. So much has been changing and happening in in my world that uh, I started a new job and then I finished up with that job. Uh, I've gone back to studying full time. And so I'm trying to work out what days are free uh, and trying to manage my time a lot better so that the things that are important like this podcast uh, don't get put on the back burner again. But I've managed to find the time again, which is good. Uh, So while I have it, I'm going to record as much as I can and and produce content as much as I can and, and release it more regularly for you and so as a way of apology please accept that this week there will be two episodes being released uh so you can have have a little bit more uh, encouragement through your week now to recap uh the last episode that we we had uh i sat down with tom from reformers bookshop here in here in sydney and we looked at the importance of theology and i really like the picture that that tom painted with that is that Although there might be some negative connotations with the the term study, uh, we should really look at it uh, like like how we would want to know more about a loved one. Not just that we're going to read books and have a final exam at the end of them to to pass, but because we love them and we want to we want a desire to know more about them, we're going to find out more about them in ways that we can. So that might be through other people that know them more. Or that might be uh, through love letters that they write us. We find out all these different ways, and I really like that painting, uh, that that picture that's painted uh, in that episode. That that that's how we can approach studying theology and why it's important because we want to know the subject matter, which is God Himself. And and since that time, man, the world the world has already been changing, but it just seems like. It, it doesn't seem to be getting any better in one sense. Uh, I've actually been really uh, grateful for uh, for this time because uh, I've been able to go back to studying. I've been able to get back into doing my podcast. It's changed a lot of my priorities. Uh, uh, I think it's revealed a lot of people's theology as well around the world and where they stand, which is a good thing. Uh, hopefully more people start seeing uh, seeing the wolves that are in sheep's clothing. Uh, we've been able to see a lot of professing Christians take different stances on things like uh, social justice issues, uh, governmental involvement in, in churches. Uh, we've seen people like, well, we've seen Todd White uh, repent of missing the gospel in his sermons. Uh, but then I guess the next week he repented of his repentance I don't know how that works, but it kind of like it, it kind of like went back to before that message, uh, and so that was an interesting one to watch over the last few weeks. And uh, I'm going to keep praying for Todd because I, I watched that that sermon where he repented of not sharing the full gospel and missing the point on some things. Uh, and I remember back to when I was preaching regularly and how, uh, although there was gospel elements in my preaching, it wasn't the focus. Uh, self was the focus and how did the gospel fit into to that and so yeah like that that hit me that hit me hard when I when I watched that but 
yeah, the next few weeks showed that it wasn't really, really uh, much of a change. It's like it was like when Benny Hinn repented of uh, he he said uh, it's an offense of the Holy Spirit to ask for money. And then the next week, he's like, now you've got to sow some money into this ministry and stuff. So it was like, you say one thing that's really good, and then the next week, it's it, you're just back to it. And so that is why it's important for theology in our lives, not just for the pastors or the elders or the, the higher-ups, but for everyone who calls themselves a believer, know theology, know who God is, know what his word says, so that when this stuff comes a around you're you're able to discern what's right what's not what's biblical how do we respond to certain issues uh we can we can then uh we don't let culture dictate what the bible says but we let the bible dictate what the culture says uh and i've been really uh really uh encouraged by uh john MacArthur lately with his stance on not shutting church because how essential it is and you know, it, it's defying the government in one sense, but I mean, he's got he's got biblical precedent for it, and so you know, I've 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 been encouraged because he's still working within the parameters, but he won't he won't uh, he won't shut the doors, and people need the church, people need the gospel, and if the doors are shut, how's that going to happen on a on a more consistent basis and it's not just being open for business in the sense of church doors are open for worship but it's pastoral visits it's uh you know gatherings when people need it it's doing other ministry roles uh, within the, the the church environment and uh, that have been unable to happen because of these restrictions and so uh I've been amazed at his his stance. Uh, I've been amazed at some of the other pastors' responses that I haven't stood with him. And again, this is why the Bible is so important. This is why the theology is so important, and and for us all to have a grasp of it and to want to get to know God more. Uh, so when these situations arise, these circumstances that we've never seen in our lifetime arise, we know how to combat them from a biblical standpoint. Uh, and and because of that, I wanted to start a new segment on this show. I wanted to do something a little different. I, I know most of the episodes and most of the, the future episodes uh, will be uh, a question and answer with other people. But I wanted to take some time and start this new segment called Straight Out of Context. Yeah, there's going to be like a but I don't have the budget for that. Uh, straight out of context, where where I take a well-known scripture that has been totally taken out of its context uh, to support some agenda or to to you know get people to do something that has nothing to do with its original context, and to start off with. Uh, with this segment, the first, the first uh, scripture that we're going to look at is actually the parable of the lost sheep. Now, this parable has become quite popular recently due to the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, 
and Black Lives Matter, Matter? Black Lives Matters. Black Lives Matter, yeah. Lives is plural. The BLM as a movement or an organization, whatever you want to call it, people, professing Christians, have jumped on to this organization and said, we're using the parable of the lost sheep to to justify why we're supporting it and why we're backing it. Now, there's two parables of the lost sheep, one in Matthew, one in Luke. And this episode's not going to be dealing with uh, BLM as a movement or an organization or anything like that. It's Maybe we'll do one on social justice later. But this is to deal with the scripture that is used by some to justify their support. Now, like I said, this parable can be found in Matthew uh, chapter 18 and Luke 15. And there's a specific purpose behind its telling. Now, one... Uh, one is for non-believers and one of the parables is for believers that are have gone astray and they're coming back if that makes sense there's it's understanding the context to to fully understand what the purpose is behind telling it now like everything in scripture there's a reason for it and we get insight into uh insight into this understanding of of why parables are used by Jesus in Matthew 13. In verses 10 to 13, uh, it says, Then the disciples uh, disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So, the reason, uh, the purpose behind parables is to reveal things of the kingdom to some and not to others. If that makes sense, they they don't hear when he's speaking. Uh, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. They don't grasp it, and that's okay. They're not made to know what the mysteries are, uh, and yet the disciples do. What a privilege. To, to grasp and to understand the parables, the meanings behind parables. So why is it important for us to know the context of it now? Well, I'm glad you asked. Back in May, uh, someone posted on Twitter the following. Verbatim, this is what they said. Jesus in Luke 15. 100 sheep, but one goes missing. Jesus leaves the 99 and goes after the 1. The 99. But what about us? Don't we matter? Of course the 99 still matter. But they are not the ones in danger. The 1 is. That's it. That was that was the tweet. Sounds like one of those math problems, right? Jesus has 100 sheep. One goes missing. How many does he have left? You know, one of those kind of ones. Uh, so after that, 
that was in the end of May, I think. End of May. Uh, then after that, someone else jumps on it and has a dig at Christians who don't support Black Lives Matter. Uh, and again, uses the same tweet. If you're a Christian and can't hear black, hashtag Black Lives Matter without feeling the need to respond with a criticism that all lives matter, then crack open your Bible and hit up Luke 15. Don't have it handy? Let me summarize. You know, let's pause there. If someone says, let me summarize, this can either be a good thing or a terrible thing. Uh, let's take the message version of the Bible and... I don't want to say translation because it's not. It's literally a, a summary of things uh, to make it really, well, not literally a summary. It's it's a, a paraphrase to make it easier. So this is kind of what's happening. Let me paraphrase it so it's easier for you to understand. Let's get it. But then you're missing a lot of the context. You're missing the understanding. And so it can be a good thing because you can get to a point if you summarize, or it can be a bad thing because you miss the point. Uh, so let's go back. Unpause. Luke 15. There are a hundred sheep, but one go, but one go missing. Jesus leaves the 99 and go, uh, and go after the one. I think that was in that. Or did I write that? I can't remember. There are a hundred sheep, but one go missing. Jesus leaves the 99 and go after the one. The 99 said, but what about us? Don't we matter? Of course, the 99 still matters, but they are not the ones in danger, the one is. So again, you're not really giving any context, but you're trying to justify a point. And by saying this, if you're a Christian and can't hear hashtag Black Lives Matter without feeling the need to respond with the criticism that all lives matter, you're saying you can't be a real Christian if you, you don't support it. Because in Luke 15, there's a parable where Jesus says, that the one is in danger and and we've got to go after it. Then we witnessed a whole bunch of other mediums uh, jumping on this and people drew comic strips and stuff like that to illustrate a little bit more for people. Uh, my question is this. Is this what the parable is speaking about? When Jesus shared these words... Did he mean to go support the oppressed and fight the bigotry and police brutality and slave ownership throughout history and whatever else we can group into that? And I'm not downplaying that there are some serious issues that this world faces. Oppression, slavery, police brutality, bigotry. Uh, but let's really look at what the issue is, and that is sin. And there's an episode earlier on that you can listen to if you need a recap of what sin looks like. Uh, but I want to know, is this what Jesus meant? And if it isn't, then how are we okay with changing what Jesus said and meant to fit into our own agenda? I really like what Matthew Henry uh a great commentator on scripture says, Parables make the things of God more plain and easy to those willing to be taught and at the same time more difficult and obscure to those who are willfully ignorant. So why don't we read this passage together in full, not summary, 
to really draw out its context and meaning. So I'm reading from the ESV translation. I really like the ESV. I really like the NASB. Uh, they're, they're my two go-tos. If you don't have one handy in paperback, get the app. Uh, you can get the app because if you, if you have a passion in quotations translation or a message, please just put it down. Uh, reading from the ESV. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you. And here he is making it clear what he's talking about. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. That's it. That's the message. That's the parable. And that's the meaning. It's not the parable of the dying sheep. It's not the parable of the oppressed sheep. It's not the parable of the social justice sheep. It's not the parable of the white versus black sheep. It is the parable of the lost sheep. And that descriptor is so crucial to understanding the context here in Luke 15. What we see here in the entirety of this chapter is that the Pharisees were disgusted at who Jesus ate with who Jesus welcomed in. It says that they grumbled, saying this man receives sinners and welcomes them in. Clearly painting the picture that they, as self-righteous law keepers, would never stoop that low to feast with sinners. This sets up the stage for the three parables that Jesus uses to address these Pharisees. And although we are only looking at the one, the other two matter as well. Too soon as a, of a joke, yeah. No. In all serious, reading all three together helps understand the context. So I want to encourage you to go and read all of Luke 15. Don't just take a section of it and fit it into to whatever agenda you want, but really look at all of Luke 15 and, and grasp what is being said by Jesus. What's the meaning of and so after this scene is set, Jesus gets straight into the parable of the lost sheep and in verse 7 explains what it's about. See, these tweets that summarize this parable miss the crucial part that makes it clear. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. 
There is a reflection happening here, a glimpse of what heaven looks like. The earthly joy over finding a lost sheep reflects the joy in heaven over a sinner who repents. Since the Pharisees and scribes were not rejoicing, but grumbling over Jesus' table fellowship with sinners, they were not mirroring God's attitudes uh, God's attitude towards those who repent. So it's not about social justice. Although we should be concerning ourselves with injustices taking place around the world and advocating for life and freedom, this is about evangelism. It's about being on a mission to reach the world for the sake of the gospel, to share this truth to people from all walks of life, regardless of circumstance, regardless of culture, regardless of class, regardless of pigmentation and melanin levels. We need to be on mission to show that we are sinners in need of a saviour. And who is that saviour? Jesus. That's the message that the world needs to hear. The world doesn't need to, to hear that the church is, is joining in on the latest trend or the latest fad or, or the latest social justice movement. They need to hear that without, without Jesus as our saviour, we're dead. We're dead to our sin. We're, 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 we're dried up bones at the bottom of the ocean. We're not floating in the sea and, and God's chucking out a life preserver. We're bones decayed on the bottom of the sea. And Christ has, has dived down to the depths that we're at. And he's pulled us up and rescued us and made us alive. Now, what, what message sounds better for people who are in sin? I want to finish this episode with words from the late R.C. Sproul, who wrote, This parable is called the parable of the lost sheep. There are those today who don't believe that anyone is lost. They reject the whole concept of being lost. There are those who are universalists, who believe everyone goes to heaven automatically. Justification is not by faith or works, but simply by death, because no one is truly lost. Then there are those who say that, given enough time, lost people will eventually find their way back. We just need to leave them alone. However, if no one is lost, or if they will find their way back on their own, then the mission of Christ was a waste of time. The atonement of Christ was not needed. This casts a shadow upon the whole mission of Jesus himself. Jesus defined his mission by saying the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's in uh, Luke 19.10. 
he didn't say that he came to save the lost, but that he came to seek and save them. That is, before the lost can be redeemed, they must first be found. It is finding the lost that necessitates the endeavor of missions. It's easy for us to deceive ourselves into thinking that no one is lost. And one way of doing that is to distance ourselves from the search. That is to make sure that we keep ourselves uninformed about the needs of the lost. To insulate ourselves from knowing what is really going on in the world. For instance, we don't go out of our way to understand and learn about all of the people who are starving in the world. When we are confronted with it, our, our, conscience, uh, our consciences are pricked and we are moved to action. But we don't go out of our way to find misery. We think there's enough misery in our own lives without looking for more. He says, when I was a child, it was still normal for the doctor to make house calls where he would actually come to your house. Every day, he would drive through the community and visit children, the elderly, or whoever was sick. Today, if you're sick, the doctor is not going to come to you. You have to go to the doctor. Unfortunately, many churches operate the same way. They hang out at a shingle and invite people to come to them. But Jesus didn't have a building. He didn't wait behind closed doors for people to come and see him. He was a ministry of walking around. He went out to where the people were. That's what missions is all about. The ministry of Christ was a ministry of searching for pain and for those who are lost. So I want to encourage you today, or tonight, or whatever time that you're listening to this episode, don't change the, the Bible Don't change scripture to fit an agenda, but be willing to submit to what scripture says. And in this case, it's about going out and reaching people for the sake of the gospel. It's about evangelism. Now, when you come up against scripture that may not make sense, or it may be easy to get the context wrong, you can apply these four principles of hermeneutics. Number one, scripture interprets scripture. Number two, context interprets scripture. Number three, intent interprets scripture. And number four, the clear interprets the obscure. Now I know that this was a different episode to what... uh, what is usual on this show and this won't happen as regular but it'll happen every now and then there's a there's quite a few uh a few misplaced i guess or taken out of context uh scriptures that i really want to cover and and i'm being guilty very much so of taking these scriptures out of context so i really want to uh really want to do my homework on them even more so and 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 share with you why I was in error with it, and what is the right interpretation? Uh, But until that time, I do hope that you've been encouraged by it. I hope that this stirs and calls you to action to really go out and and look for uh, people that you can share. I mean, you don't even have to look. 
It's you knock on your neighbor's door. You know, whoever the bus driver, it's not like God send someone my way. It's look out open your eyes and look around and share the gospel. It's it's that kind of you know what I mean? You don't have to you don't have to know all the right words and eloquent speech or anything like that, but but share in humility, share that that it's not just them that's a sinner, but point to yourself as the chief of sinners and that you are in need of a savior just as much as everybody else around. So I do encourage you to to go out this week and have one conversation with someone. Just one. Just try that. See how you go. And and look at other injustices around the world. Uh, one that my wife and I are really uh, getting behind at the moment is is uh, child uh, slavery, child sex trafficking. It, we're seeing uh, a lot more happen in in that area, and not that it hasn't been happening, but it's really coming to our attention, and and it's really breaking our heart. And so, I'm looking more into how can we support that as a family. How can we do something? How can we not stay silent with it? So. Uh, I pray that you find something that you can get behind. Um, if you want to have a conversation about what kind of things that are out there that we can know we can trust to get behind, uh, you can message me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Pilgrim's Podcast. Uh, I'm willing to have a conversation for as long as you need. Uh, until next time, uh, which is still going to be this week, uh, there's going to be another episode. Uh, as well but I do have I hope you have a blessed week uh, keep your eyes on Jesus keep learning more about who he is and and the context of his word so that we may be able to discern what is truthful have a blessed week as always thank you for tuning in <laughs>